Hey, what up? It is Eric, and an exciting, exciting day as we are at episode 50 of the Everything is Marketing podcast, brought to you by the MLive Media Group. Want to shout out to everybody that showed up at the Spectrum Gala this past weekend on Saturday night, uh, like 1,500 people or something. They raised over $1 million to uh, help find cures and uh, dig into dementia, which uh, thereby leads into Alzheimer's in some cases. And uh, I lost, if you didn't know this, and most of you probably don't, lost my grandmother, who I was very, very close to two years ago, to Alzheimer's. So I know how terrible that disease is. And any time I can be in a room with a whole bunch of people who want to help eradicate that, uh, I am absolutely down for that. So that's what I did on Saturday. And that was very exciting. Nice to be out there as well. We got a lot of stuff to do this week and not the least of which is this. So let's get it on. It's the Everything is Marketing podcast. My name is Eric Hulkerin. Marketers ruin everything. Welcome to the Everything is Marketing podcast. What I don't want to do is to pretend this is show number one. What would the hero of your life's movie do right now? Do that. Do those things. All right, so we are at episode 50, and I want to circle back to some things that I've talked about before and kind of dig in a little bit deeper. And uh, first and foremost, talk a little bit about customer service. And I'm working with this new thing where I'm calling it a non-reactive art form. And by that, I mean the ability to anticipate what the customer wants and delivering it to them before they need it is high art. And today, this day and age, uh, getting great customer service, there's really no excuse for not getting it. But... We're just not seeing it. We're more connected. There's more data on the consumers we're trying to talk to. Social media allows for that deep, deep layer of connection and digital scales to a huge level. But still, we're not seeing this great customer service that we should. Uh, an example would be my wife and I, uh, occasionally we get to drive to work together. It doesn't happen very often, but when we do, it's a treat. And when we drive together, we kind of like to stop and get coffee. And so on our particular route, there's one coffee shop that we tend to like to go to. This past week, we got to drive a ton together to uh, work. So we stopped a bunch of times. And this has never happened to us at this particular place, but it did all week long. At some point, somebody somewhere along the line had made the decision that during the busiest time at a coffee shop uh, in the morning, 7, 7.30-ish, they were going to uh, boil it down to one barista and one person running both the drive through and the front of house, which, if you can imagine, uh, leads to very long waits for coffee that isn't directly poured from whatever receptacle you're getting them from. So if you want a latte or a mocha, or any of that stuff, you are waiting, and you're waiting a long time. This happened one day, and this happened two days, then it happened a third day, and I thought to myself, like, look, I, I'm not going to do this anymore, so I'm going to go find someplace else to go. Uh, there are plenty of coffee shops around MLive, so I'll go hit one of those, because um, I just don't really want to wait. And this is the problem with customer service, because likely, if I were to say where this place was, the immediate response of the person who owns it would be to reach out to me, or to you, or to whomever complained about the customer service and says, hey, I had to wait 10 or 15 minutes for a cup of coffee and I think that's silly, they would reach out and go, oh, well, that's not really what we do and we pride ourselves on getting great cups of coffee into the hands of people in a really, really reasonable amount of time and we'd love for you to come back in and try it again and we could prove to you that that's really what you want to do. Here's the problem and this is my point. Customer service is not a reactive art form. You know who reacts? Alligators react. They sit on the bottom of a river or a lake or whatever, and they wait for something to wander by it, and then they eat it. That is not great predatory 
instincts. I mean, it's great for them. They don't have to eat very often, so they can lay in, lie in wait and attack. But if you are in business, you cannot wait for people to come to you to complain that there's a problem so that you can fix it. You cannot be an alligator in this case. You've got to be offensive. You've got to be on the offense, and you've got to be dialed into what they want. And I've said this a couple times. I'll say it again. In this particular instance, you cannot especially in this day and age, you cannot save your way to profitability. How many coffee shops are there in Grand Rapids, Michigan? How many coffee shops are there in wherever you are? There's probably a lot. There's a lot to choose from. And even if there aren't a lot to choose from, you have 784 Starbucks to choose from. So being somebody who runs a local coffee shop that can't get it together and get people to uh, get in and out in, I would say, under three minutes seems like a reasonable time to get a cup of coffee uh, on a Monday morning or a Tuesday morning or a Wednesday morning. That seems like totally reasonable and something that you should do. It should not be wait for there to be a problem, then you react. That is not how you can do it in this day and age, and that sort of thing is going to get you in trouble. Because here's the thing. If you wait... For the customer service to kick in once there's a problem, the ROI of doing it on the back end is far more expensive than the ROI of doing it on the front end. If you're just a kick-ass coffee shop, if you're a place where people go and they just hang out and they know what to expect, well, there's never really an issue. There's a coffee shop two blocks away from MLive, um, and I know that at any one point during the day, there are five baristas on staff, and they know exactly what they're doing. So the time to get coffee, no matter what time of day it is, is exactly the same. They have a process, and sure, um, it's not the biggest coffee shop in the world, and it can't really scale to the extent of, let's say, a Starbucks, but you know going in there exactly what you're going to get, and they know that two things things have to happen in a coffee shop in this day and age for you to be successful. One, if you want people to stay in your place, Wi-Fi needs to be free and it needs to be comfortable. And two, if it's those two things, the coffee has to be good and has to be served in a timely manner because people don't have time. It's the number one commodity that all of us complain about, not having enough time. So anything... And I mean anything that gets in the way of taking time from you, either in the office, in your personal life, with your family, doing something you enjoy. Anything that stands in the way of that, especially when it's something as ridiculous as a cup of coffee, is a bad, bad thing for that particular business, whatever that business is. You have to save your customer time, and you have to do it intentionally, and you need to do it on the front end, not apologize on the back end. It is next to impossible. You may get them back in the store if you offer them a free cup of coffee and say, come back and try one on us. You may get them back in the store one time, but I'm here to tell you that, especially in retail, the likelihood of getting somebody to come back again and again and again and experience your brand after they had a bad experience to start is not really that great of a return and likely not going to turn into somebody who's going to be your number one customer. We talked last week about how do you get your number one customer? How do you talk to that number one customer? And how do you make more number one customers? This is not how you do it. Waiting for there to be a problem and then react is not how you do it. Yes, there are going to be problems. And yes, you need to respond to those problems. But problems like not having enough staff at the busiest time of your business, uh, that's inexcusable. That's not something that customers are going to quote unquote understand. And if you had a bunch of signs up that said, hey, look, we're uh, we're looking for people and we're low on staff, I would totally understand that. But that's not what it was. The ROI of doing kick-ass customer service on the front end 
it's well worth it. Customer service, especially now, and we say this a thousand times, and I won't say it again today. Customer service, A number one, the thing that you need to do. Trust is a commodity. Time is a commodity. Convenience is a commodity. Customer service is all of those things. Make sure it's on point and make sure it's something you're talking to you, your spouse, your staff all the time. Reiterate, what do you want that experience to be? When I walk into your store, what's the elevator pitch, right? McDonald's is a great example of this. They do plenty of things that you can make fun of. That's absolute. But every time you walk into one of those stores, you know exactly what you're going to expect. And that is what your business needs to do. It does not need to McDonaldize whatever industry you're in, scissor making or pretzel rolling what they, it does not need to mcdonaldize that it doesn't need to be industrialized but when they walk in they should understand what they're going to get every time that they walk in and an interesting story from yesterday that i want to spend a couple minutes talking about because i talked about it yes uh sometime last week it wasn't yesterday um it, that is the planned obsolescence or the fact that uh becoming obsolete is not something unique to media well the country of norway announced that in 2017 they are turning off all of the fm transmitters in the country what does that mean that means fm radio in the country of norway will be a thing of the past in 2017 so they can focus on their digital products what does that mean well that means they would like to focus on things like content and providing killer content to their customers and providing it in places that they want to get it more and more people are going to be having cars that are wi-fi enabled they'll be able to pick up whatever signal they want from whatever radio station anywhere in the on the planet essentially and norway is getting a step ahead of the game and just making that the way that they are going to operate as not only a country but an industry as radio in 2008 the pew research center uh, wrote an article about how in 2009 it looked as if radio was primed to move into the digital age uh, better than any other medium just because of what they were they were audio it should be an easy and seamless way for them to do that there is still time for that article to be right pay really close attention if you're somebody who likes radio consumes radio or works in radio pay really close attention to what happens in norway pay really close attention to who follows suit and goes that's a really good idea and then pay really close attention to what happens to the transmitters because they're going to quote unquote turn off the fm transmitters in the united states i don't think they're going to do that if all of the conglomerates decided that they were going to go all digital which i think they will at some point here in the future those fm transmitters would likely be turned over to local entities and it would be interesting to see what industry pops up out of those would it be radio would it be something different disruption is real disruption is a thing that's happening and disruption is something that you can either embrace or run away from this norway story is so fascinating to me so uh, if you have a second it was trending on facebook last night so i don't know where it is today but an interesting story to read um, and really interesting to see what they're able to do when they don't have to worry about maintenance of a transmitter they don't have to worry about backup generators for a transmitter they don't have to worry about transmitter readings they don't have to worry about any of that upkeep and then you know from a cell phone perspective a smartphone perspective lots of radio transmitters in the united states sell a whole bunch of space up and down their transmitters for um cell towers so what will happen to those transmitter towers will we get more cell towers will they turn the transmitter tower into a cell tower will that make service better what will that do to the smartphone industry all of these things are questions that we should be paying attention to all right uh lots of stuff going on this week i'll be in detroit tomorrow giving uh my talk on recruitment active versus passive that i'm very excited to do in detroit because uh, I haven't actually gotten to do a keynote in Detroit, so that's very exciting. Um, but there will be podcasts 
all week long. If you want a uh, specific question answered, get at me uh, on email, uh, eric at mlive.com or on Twitter at Polymath and Vine. Have an awesome Monday. Go do something to make.